Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Blog Talk Radio's Book Journeys Radio. This is Angela Loria from Journey Girl Publishing. And on today's show, we're going to talk to uh, an exciting new voice, Noah James Hitner. He is an author, musician, and the self-proclaimed vagabond, and the author of The Modern Day Buddha, 10 Techniques to Cultivate Awareness and Understanding in a Busy World, something I think we all need. So, Noah, please, thank you for being here, and um, and tell everybody about your vagabond status. No, tell us about yourself and, and, um, and, and your work here in the world. Oh, well, thanks, Angela. Um, you know, that whole vagabond thing was actually, it was kind of a joke at first. I think I... I don't know, I was creating my Facebook page like two years ago and it said describe yourself and I wrote, oh, I'm kind of an author, I'm kind of a musician, I like to travel, I'm kind of a vagabond and then it, it just sort of stuck. I looked at it and it made me laugh. So I was like, well, that probably works then. It's probably accurate. <laughs> I love it. You're owning your yeah. vagabond style. I think we're all vagabonds in our own way from time to time. Um, absolutely. And um, and also a musician? What's, what, tell us about that. Well, uh that's actually a, a lot shorter story than, than it probably should be. But, you know, ever since I was probably 18 or, or 19, I, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, and I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And my mom was in two bands when I grew up, so she was always out rocking and rolling. And uh, I procrastinated because all of those strings and all those frets, you know, on the guitar, they just intimidated me. And then uh, in the, I think it was Christmas of 2008, I got a guitar for Christmas. And I, I literally have not been able to put the instrument down since. And it's manifested into, uh, I was in a band for a little while. We put out an album last year. I wound up putting out a solo album about six months later. And, uh, you know, I've been performing on and off ever since then. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, it's a really neat way to keep busy. So okay, so pretty pretty diverse uh pretty diverse life, but I know that writing um is something that's been a key part of it. Um you published the modern day Buddha about a year, year and a half ago, and what I want to talk about today is what that process was like from when you got the idea until you were holding the the published book in your hands. So sure. I'm going to start um with with this question which is something I really think a lot of authors go into the process of becoming an author because they imagine how good it's going to feel when they hold right. their book in their hands. Right. And um, and then when they're holding their book in their hands, sometimes I will hear from people, I wish that I knew. I, w yeah. I just wish before I started I knew something. So is there something that before you actually started writing your book that you wish you knew? Yeah, but... It it's probably I don't, well. I guess I shouldn't say that. I was I was about to say it's probably not going to be your typical answer. But my only answer is there's a few technical things that I wish that I knew. There's a lot of things that I'm glad I didn't know because I don't know that I would have drummed up the energy to begin. Um, because for me, for me personally, um, it, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work because there was editing to be done. There was artwork to be done. There was working with uh, the platform, uh, which in my case was a company called Create Space. And um, so, so there was a lot more work than I had anticipated. And so I guess my answer is sort of the opposite of that. Is I'm, I'm glad there's a lot of things I didn't know about. Um, 
certain things I wish I knew, honestly, about the only thing I can really come up with off the top of my head is I, I wish I had a few more Microsoft Word skills. <laughs> so tell uh, us somewhere, tell us a story of somewhere that Microsoft Word tripped you up, that's something you oh had Lord. to teach yourself during the process. Page headers and page footers and mm. organizing them and dividing them between chapters, sections, um, right and left, you know, right page versus left page. I mean, it's complicated and it's not something that if you don't use it every day you forget it so i've yeah. got bullet points and notes to remind myself and little tips and you know i'm probably misusing word i probably i'm not an expert at it i'm not a master at it but it's word for me seems to be very glitchy and inconsistent and um so that was a, that was the most difficult technical aspect of creating the manuscript was just getting the headers and the footers to be and organized and Start with the technical stuff in Word, like as you were writing, were you doing it, or did you just write it out and then try and go back and format? Well, that's one of the things I've learned. Um, is currently, I'm working on my first novel, and I'm writing it formatted. I'm nice. writing the book, the rough copy, pre-formatted, so that I won't have to go back and change it. I wrote my first three books totally unformatted. In fact, I I put in all kinds of fancy fonts and did all these things, not realizing that it would all have to be redone. I would have to start over with all of it. And it really made my job more difficult. Um, yeah, so I think now, that's a great point. I am um, I, I publish books, and when my authors hand me formatted text, um, one of the things that happens when we give out a contract is we make them sign an agreement that says they'll give it back to us in a very specific formatting which sure. is no special fonts, no special characters, no special spacing, right. no all caps. Um, right. you know, there's a whole page, it's a whole page of rules and they have two options. They can reformat it and send it back to us or right. they can pay 50 bucks an hour and we will hire someone to reformat it. Right. And well, um yeah. It is tedious. It is tedious. Especially with such a, you know, you're talking about a fifty thousand word document. It's it's not right. a, it's not a small document, and sometimes you don't save, and you have to go back. It can be quite a mess. So I think, right. uh, I think that's really really sound advice to yeah. um, look into formatting and use an existing template and really follow those styles. Right. Pay attention to those styles because I think it's something people just really don't know, and it adds hours of work. Right. One thing I had going for me is I chose the smallest book that I had written to to go through the process first. So I got to learn all of the hard stuff on the shortest book. It's my, my this first book, The Modern Day Buddha, was you know it's not even a hundred pages, so it was it was the easiest to work with, and I went through all the, the technicalities with a shorter document. Right. So in your case, you actually have a few completed or almost completing manuscripts lying around, and you decided to pick one of them to publish. Why did you Why did you pick that one? Certainly not because it was the shortest, I'm sure, <laughs> although nope, that worked nope. out the, well. The original concept was um, I had written two other books. The first one in its original draft was, um, gosh, it was over 300 pages. The second manuscript was close to 250 pages. And I wanted to create something because I was starting to work on my brand, which is a word we're all hearing now. I wanted to create my brand as an author and a musician and my website. And when I launched my website, I wanted to have something to give away immediately upon launching the site. And so the original idea behind the Modern Day Buddha was I wanted to write a short book that I could just give away. But 
I'm slightly OCD in how I create. So I knew I wanted to create something with a lot of value, something that was very information dense if it was going to be short. And so I decided to create this, the modern day Buddha, 10 techniques to cultivate awareness and understanding in a busy world, which is essentially a distillation of the other two super long books that I've written. And, um, and so that's where the idea came from. Hmm. And so I created something short. Um, I decided to make it a, a, create a free PDF version of it so that once I launched the website, there would be something immediately available for people uh, to come to the website and find some value there. And the PDF version is the full book, or did you do a shorter version of it? Nope, nope. The free PDF version is the exact is the exact same version that can be purchased uh, via a hard copy. Or, uh, or okay, so in your case, the vision for the book was really to help you build your brand and build your um, your list, maybe? Were you listening sure, to build that, the... That was, that was definitely the initial intention. Um, but as I got writing, you know, I started getting more excited. I started having ideas. And it really became something that I was, um, you know, well, essentially just very, very proud of. I think it's a good distillation of all the things that I felt like I had to say in a very short, compact medium. And um, so by the time I was done, my original intention of having something to give away on my website was sort of secondary to the fact that I really felt I had something special and compact and easy and quick to read and easy to read. Uh, What I love about this, and I really hope people pay attention to, is you had a vision for your project as it would be completed and how it would work for you. So a lot of people, and sometimes that vision can be as simple as, I want to say I published a book. It doesn't have to be this same vision as yours. But what a lot of people do is they don't get specific about their vision and then they're disappointed by the outcome, but they're not, but they're pegging the outcome to something like New York times bestseller or JK Rowling levels of success. So I think you had a a realistic vision for your book. So now let me ask, how's it going? (laughs) Are people picking up from the book from your site? Do you think it's working the way you thought it would? Yeah. Well, you know, that's always a work in progress. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a I don't know that there's a finish line there. To be honest with you, um, my personal mission is to basically um, inspire people. You know, and, and come into contact with as many people as I possibly can in an inspiring and empowering way, and that's what I want to do. And so there there really is no finish line to that. Um, does my writing support me yet? Honestly, no, it doesn't. Um, that is the ultimate goal, yes, uh, but it doesn't yet. Um, but first and foremost is to, you know, create a feeling and a space where people can be empowered and um, and inspired. And from that regard, yeah, I feel like I've been very successful from the feedback I've gotten. Fantastic. Um, any any surprises for you about what you've gotten out of having a book that maybe you didn't expect? Um, honestly, that's a really interesting question. I guess, you know, off the top of my head, I would I would say not really because what I was doing, you know, I wasn't doing anything and I'm still, I still feel this way. I don't feel like anything that I've done or written or any time I perform or whatever it happens to be, I don't feel like it's necessarily that unique or special. I'm just doing what I feel compelled to do. You know, I'm sort of doing what I naturally feel drawn to do. So it, it doesn't feel 
extraordinary or anything like that. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but um, any of the surprises that I've gotten through this process have been more through the technical side or, or um, the business side, you know. Um, but in terms of the creation and the message and, and the vision and the view, uh, not really. How about in terms of maybe people you've met or experiences that you've had, um, you know, that maybe conversations that you've had that you wouldn't have without your book? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, when I perform, oftentimes I'll, you know, we have a, a merchandise table wherever I perform, so I'll put books out, and, and it can stimulate certain conversations from people. And the neat part about it is you find that there are like-minded individuals, no matter where you go, who are looking for that kind of material or who are inspired by that kind of material, um, who want to talk about human consciousness, who want to talk about the law of attraction. They want to talk about, you know, personal responsibility and, you know, who are uh, very empowered by those ideas. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess, um, you know, no matter where I go, you know, you find those people and that, that never ceases to amaze me, that they're everywhere. And, in fact, it, it, it makes me wonder if, if everyone out there doesn't have a piece of that inside of them, you know, isn't, isn't curious about those types of things. Yeah, that you need to come to Family Meal at my house because I'm pretty sure they don't all have that in them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about your experience as a writer. I know you've written three books and you're working on your fourth, which is your first fiction. Correct. Have you experienced writer's block, and if so, how have you dealt with it? Honestly, never. I've never gotten it because, and I'll tell you why. It, it, this, I don't mean this to sound arrogant or or or, or um, like I'm boasting in any way, but I think it has to do with why I write because I remember your assistant sent me a questionnaire, and this question was on it, and I was thinking about this a lot, and I was wondering, well, why is that? Why don't I get writer's block? And I, I really believe it's because of my intention behind it. And there isn't a specific agenda. I'm not, and I don't mean this to sound in any other way other than it is straight out of my mouth. And that is I don't write to make money. I don't write to try to entertain people. Um, I write about how I feel. I try to be as honest as possible. Um, I follow my sense of creativity. And beyond that, I feel fairly fulfilled by doing that. And and I think because that is my intention and it's nothing too specific, um, the whole idea of having writer's block sort of doesn't even come up because there isn't a specific agenda or a must or a specific dollar sign behind what I'm trying to create. It's just hmm. sort of this is what I feel like creating right now. So there it is. It's on paper. And when the ideas stop for the day, then I just get up and move on to something else. Interesting. That is great, but it sounds a little scary to me. So how do you deal with, like, do you have fears, like, this is a waste of time? <laughs> um, well, I guess that would depend on how you define waste of time. If, if, my, if my intention here was to generate, my sole intention, I should say, is to generate millions and millions of dollars, and that was my only objective, then the answer would probably be yes. But my original intention was simply to follow my sense of inspiration and in doing so, create a space where I can touch the lives of as many people as possible in an inspiring and empowering way. And, and I feel like I'm doing that. Wow. So whether it's one person or a million people, 
um, ultimately it's irrelevant because I feel like I'm doing that. Wow. So how? So what's your secret? How did you get so clear on that intention? Um. Wow. Another great question. I don't know that I ever sat down and got super clear about that. Well, no, that's probably not true. Honestly, it was probably a couple of years of <laughs> studying marketing and all the modern branding tools that are out there, which I think are super valuable depending on who you are. Um, mm-hmm. But what they did, what they did for me, is they helped me get clear on what I'm not trying to do here. You know, um, mm. seminars I attended were quite often pushing the numbers and the dollar sign. And I think that's very valid and very valuable, especially if that's what your objective is. But it helped me get clear on, on, on what I'm not trying to do here. It helped me get clear on what my intention was and what my objectives were. And my, my objectives, again, were simply to create, create honestly and create an experience that I can that I feel like I, I have been honest and, and can inspire and empower people. That was my first objective, first and foremost, with everything I do is that. And hmm. I'm trusting, I'm trusting that the universe will take care of me through that intention. Hey, maybe I will fail and flop miserably. Who knows? Um, but that's what I'm going with right now. Wow. Well, again, great lessons here. Um, Maybe this is the kind of goal that you want. Maybe it's not. But I think the key um, where we started this discussion is about writer's block. And the key Mm -hmm. is even if your goal is, you know, make millions of dollars in, you know, I don't know how long, a week or whatever we're supposed to do with our get rich quick buddies that out there, whatever your goal is, if you're super clear on it and you're not conflicted, that's where writing flows. So one of the right. things that I teach in my Free Your Inner Author workshop is getting really clear in your body on how you feel when you sit down to write. And if you're yeah. not writing from what I call a positive author feeling state, you are much more likely, I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but you're much more likely to hit writer's block. Right. And I found that some people can white-knuckle it. Like they could just be in a bad place and still write but it's not the kind of writing that's going to change people's lives and connect at the level that you're that you're talking about certainly um and that I think a lot of authors hope to connect um connect with their audiences with so when you're writing from that positive clear intention place you what I how I describe this is removing the obstacles between you and the book that you're supposed right. to write right now right Exactly. And that's what the block comes up is it's a it's actually a good thing because when you get writer's block it's a message to you saying, Hey, you're not clear on your intention, so you're not right. gonna get the results you want. So let's get super clear on your intention and then it'll be easy to write. Right. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more and in fact, um in the book that we were talking about today, the modern day Buddha, technique five, I call it do your art and there's a little quote at the beginning of the of the uh, chapter that says your art is what takes away your fear of not having or being enough in the world. And that's the place I've always returned to um, when I write and when I make music, I just, I go to that space because when I'm, when I'm making music, when I'm writing, um, none of that stuff matters. It really, really doesn't. It doesn't matter to me um, what happened earlier that day or how much money I have in the bank account because I'm in that space. And I know that I'm creating my art because I feel that way when I'm doing it. 
And um, and I, and I totally agree with you. What you were what you were just mentioning reminded me of an interview I listened to. I can't remember who was doing the interview, but they were talking about when Deepak Chopra first got started, and he was writing books, and he was a, he's a doctor, of course, and he talked about the fact that he never wrote for sales. He's, he's never done anything for sales. He's only written about what has inspired him in that particular time of his life. That's been his only guidance. And I held on to that piece of the interview. It's always in the back of my mind. I have a little note on a piece of paper that says, remember Deepak that I've hung up on my wall. Mm. And and that's what I take with me. And because I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. When you're in that space where you're creating simply for the, simply for the experience of creating, then everything you're making is right. Everything you're doing is right. There's no questions. You don't have to second guess yourself um, because you're in that space. Yeah. I love that. Um, it reminds me, in my newsletter today, the theme was, I can't do anything right. And um, it's been this thought that I've had lately, like, I keep making these mistakes, and I should know better, and this should be mm-hmm. working better. And I'm like, I just can't do anything right. I keep saying it. Like, I I forgot to feed the cats the other day, and I, like, came home, yeah. and the cats were freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do anything right. I can't even feed the cats. <laughs> and then it hit me that not only can I not do anything right, but I actually also can't do anything wrong because the fact is like what is the the right thing is everybody always 100 percent of the time feeds their cats at exactly the right time every day like what is this doing things right like oh my god that pressure is so intense i really think i can just do things or not do things but this whole like right and wrong thing can really trick trip you up so oh my god yes it's so objective and so subjective that it changes and you know it has the potential of change in every single moment yep absolutely all right well speaking of objective and subjective one of the big challenges that stops people from publishing is should i self-publish should i try to find an agent and a publisher should i just pay someone to publish my book um so let's talk about that. How did you mm-hmm. make the decision to publish and then talk about how, how you published your book? Okay. Well, um, I told you I've written three books. The first one I wrote is actually the last one that I self-published. But at the time when I completed writing it, I decided to go out and try to find a publisher or try to find an agent. And um, at that time, I was working crazy hours, actually similar to how I'm working now. But um, So I would spend my limited free time sending out queries and, and requests and trying to get somebody's attention. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't receive um, any super positive feedback. I got rejected by everybody I, I submitted to and decided to walk away from it for a while, wrote two more books after I walked away from it and then realized I had three books on a shelf that nobody knew about and I had to do something about it. Um, and at that point in time, it just dawned on me for a lot of reasons, mostly having to do with, who I was and who I was becoming. And I realized that I didn't, and I should really, really sort of preface this by saying this is my experience and other people aren't going to have this experience. But um, I got to a place in my life where I realized another person's input didn't matter to me anymore. Uh, I knew I was doing what I had to do. I knew I was doing what I was called to do. So I, I really didn't care what a publishing house had to say anymore. I didn't care to... I didn't care to have to modify any of my work. I didn't care to have to write up a proposal and use these rigid guidelines for the proposal. So not only did your manuscript have to be perfect, but your proposal had to look perfect. And I found it all very confusing and and very sort of ambiguous. And so I decided I was going to do it myself. And I discovered 
through a referral um, from an acquaintance, I discovered CreateSpace, which is a sister company of Amazon.com. And there are other platforms like this. I don't know if there are other, other platforms exactly like this, but essentially the platform is that you can hire them to do or not do all of it. Um, if you choose to do it to do it all yourself, you simply prepare the data in the form of a PDF. You prepare the artwork. Um, you have make sure your manuscript is edited and formatted exactly as you want, and you do all these things. And then you upload the data onto their platform, and they take care of the printing, the delivery, the e-store. They, they even send you tax forms at the end of the year. Uh, it's quite amazing the era we live in because literally anybody with a dream and a vision can now self-create it if they're willing to do the work and follow through. And if you were to get – so did you work with a designer at all? Did you work with their designers um, or did you DIY book, the whole thing? Yeah. For the first book, The Modern Day Buddha, I did all of the formatting myself. Um, I did hire an outside editor just to do a content edit. And then in terms of the cover of the book, um, I worked with an artist for that cover. I, I kind of relayed my concept for the cover, and the artist sort of came up with their interpretation of it, which I, I think is amazing. And uh, for the other two books, which aren't in discussion today, but those were uh, my own design. One of them is a photograph I took with a cell phone, no, no less. And the nice. other one is, uh, yeah. And, and the other is, uh, is a design that, again, I came up with and went to an artist who freehanded it, and um, they put it on the cover. So. I hope that answered your question. So if you were to estimate for the modern-day Buddha, um, the number uh, – I know this is going to be hard, so just take a take a swag for me. But if you mm-hmm. were to estimate the number of hours that you spent to get to, – to go from, hey, I finished my manuscript, that Facebook post – Awesome day, uh-huh. manuscript finished, uh-huh. <laughs> until the Facebook post, which is awesome day. Here's a picture of me with my book in my hands. How many hours right. of work do you think that was for you? Wow. Or how many weeks or months or what can you tell yeah. us about that? It would have. I would have to give it to you in months. And i got to be honest with you, from, from knowing what I know about myself and how my mind works, these probably aren't going to be typical numbers. <laughs> I tend okay. to be a little... A, a little bit, uh, a little bit OCD when it comes to creating something that I feel is quote unquote perfect. But it probably took from the moment I said this manuscript is finished to the moment I had the book in my hand, um, four months. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. And, you know, I will tell right you that you know, with my publishing company, and we've we've done a bunch of these. We estimate three months. The fastest we've done is two. And the longest we've taken is six. So four months is right in the sweet spot, and we're sure we've got expertise. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know that was while I was working. You know, like I am now, I'm working full time. And you know, if, if I hadn't had to have a full time job, I probably would have gone a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's that's awesome. So we've got a couple minutes left, and what I'd like to do with the time that we have, and and you might want to reference your book a little in this because it seems sure. like it might be a good a good reference point, is what advice in a few minutes would you give a new writer, somebody who feels like they want to write a book, feel like they're supposed to write a book, but somehow they haven't done it yet, and maybe they're even frustrated that they haven't that they haven't met that goal. It's a goal they've had for a while. What would you tell them to help them get across the finish line? Um, well, I would probably go back to that discussion we had when I brought up Deepak Chopra. I would, 
the only advice I would ever offer um, that I could ever honestly give if somebody really felt like this was their calling is tune into what inspires you. Tune into the type of information and the type of conversation that makes you come alive inside, you know, that makes you jump out of bed without an alarm. That's what you want to write about. If you want to write, you write about that. Don't write about what anybody tells you to write about to, to sell something or to develop your email list. Ignore all of that advice and write about what your heart and your, and your gut tells you to write about. And don't mm. ever change that. Don't ever do anything else. You know, so so often that is, um, I think, what people start the process with. And then I don't know if this happened to you, but I hear like a lot of people get a lot of advice. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got a story of somebody who's Mm -hmm. written a book and you should do it this way or that way. And how how do you stay? (laughs) Well, that's true too. How do you stay connected to your voice, what you want when in the sea of all these people offering you? In some cases, they want your money, and in some cases, well-meaning advice. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you know, whoever's listening to this, they could be thinking the same thing about what I'm saying right now. He's just That's just his story. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience has been um, those whose advice did not resonate with me were ultimately trying to sell me something. And they really were. There's nothing wrong with trying to make money at this. There really isn't. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is the advice that I've offered here today requires not a cent. You follow your heart. You follow what inspires you. And you don't need, you don't need anybody's advice. You don't need to purchase anything. You just start doing what your heart is calling you to do. And the rest of that stuff sorts itself out. And that's mm. just a fact. Well, that's a great way to end. Noah, such a pleasure to have you here on Book Journeys Radio. Uh, we will be back next week with more advice for new authors. Um, Noah, thanks. And get Noah's book. Um, you can go to Noah James Hitner. that's two T's, H-I-T-T-N-E-R.com. Thanks. Correct. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.